It's one of the biggest days of the entire offseason for Indianapolis Colts fans as Anthony Richardson and Chris Baller conducted their season-ending press conferences. So how is Anthony Richardson doing with his rehab and return? And what nuggets did Ballard leave today about the Colts' strategy in the offseason? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here with my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, we got the big guns today talking to Colts Nation. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting insights from Anthony Richardson and what he's had to deal with uh, uh, since that shoulder surgery. And then, of course, this is a day that, that I really personally look forward to all year Chris Ballard's end of season presser because for years now uh, I always give my top five takeaways because if you listen closely Ballard leaves those nuggets of what he's thinking of doing this offseason and he did that today so how are you doing brother I'm doing great and you know uh, I I do I still wish we could be talking about playoff football uh, but you know what um, it is what it is and I thought that you there's a lot there's a lot to digest from uh, especially what Chris Ballard said don't get me wrong Anthony Richardson I think that he replied kind of with what you expected, you know, uh, you know, really excited. He's really happy to bounce back from being hurt. You know, he, he wasn't happy with being hurt, but boy, Chris Ballard, as always, just like you said, he gives you those nuggets. And if you pay close attention, he's got, he gives you all the answers you could possibly ask for outside of a question like, Hey, is Drew Ogletree going to return? Which is obviously not going to get a reply, but outside of that, I'm excited to break down Chris Ballard's press conference. Cause it was a freaking long one too. It was. It was. Ballard answered questions for about an hour today, about 50 minutes. Anthony Richardson for about 20. A lot of interesting things to take away. So we're going to dive into Anthony Richardson's press conference and Chris Ballard's press conferences from today uh, and talk about talk about everything that they did. We're going to highlight every all the things that we thought were important. Got a lot of clips for you guys tonight, so hopefully you enjoyed it. Otherwise, I spent a lot of wasted time getting these ready for you guys, so hopefully you enjoy it. Stats Matt in the house as always. What's up, guys? Some exciting comments from AR and interesting comments from Ballard. Been a newsworthy day in Coltsland, even bigger in football overall. Listen, Stats Matt, you're not wrong. And yeah. back when I first started doing podcasting, uh, my co-host, Brandon, Brandon Moses and I would we talk Colts and then we would talk NFL news uh, from around the league. If we did that today, we'd probably be looking at a two-hour episode, Drake. So <laughs> thankfully, we're only focusing in on this Colts team. But good to see you, stats, Matt. Wyatt Law in the chat saying Ballard wants explosiveness on offense and better ability to limit explosiveness by the defense. That's one of our keys tonight. That's definitely something we are going to talk about. And Rich Wheeler is in the chat as well. Love seeing Ballard in the dentist chair today, guys. So yeah, Chris Ballard even talked about his dentist and he shouted out his dentist. So wild times uh, uh, in Colts world. <laughs> today but if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe right here on the colts youtube or the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. So, Drake, let's dive right into it, buddy, because we've got a lot to talk about this evening. We're going to start out with Anthony Richardson. So Anthony Richardson spoke today for the first time since he injured that his throwing shoulder, that right shoulder of his 96 days ago. And, and Drake, I thought overall, I thought Anthony Richardson, like I said in, in my article, I thought he was honest. I thought he was very reflective. But he also had a lot of excitement and a lot of confidence moving forward. And to me, that kid just wants to get right back there, right back out on the field and, and, and show the world what he's got. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who, when he was drafted, you know, the big criticism was he hardly has any, you know, real time, like big time starts under his belt. He still has, I think, between his college days, which I think I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was 13 starts. And then you've got his professional days with four. He still only has 17 starts between his college and pro career. So this is a guy that still wants to go out there and show what he's got. And I still think he's got a lot of room to grow. But uh, yeah, the one the one thing that really stuck out to me. Um, was was his excitement, especially when you heard names like blah, 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 Michael Pittman Jr., blah, 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 Jonathan Taylor. I mean, 
big old grin, just so you know, that, that giant grin and that real low, happy uh, voice and that, that energy that you want to see from your quarterback, the guy that you want to lead, want to lead your franchise for years to come. I thought that he answered those questions well. And Hey, it got, it has to get you excited if you're a Colts fan, because he is really, really chomping at the bit to get back out there and start throwing again. His eyes definitely lit up anytime Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, was mentioned today. So, so, but the first thing he was asked about is really what was his opinion on his rookie season? And honestly, he could have gone a, a, a few different ways. You know, could have been disappointed because he didn't get to play. Uh, uh, could have been just ecstatic about being in the NFL. So, this is what Anthony Richardson had to say today uh, about how he felt about his rookie season. Uh, it's been a great season for me. You know. Um... The injury definitely opened my eyes to the fact that I have to be healthy, you know, for the team and for, you know, everybody in this building. But, you know, it allowed me to, you know, slow my, my mind down a little bit and, you know, sit back and, and really learn, you know, the game a little bit. You know, despite, you know, playing a, a few games this year, you know, just sitting back and learning from Garner and Coach Shane and just being in the building a lot, you know, it definitely, you know, taught me a lot of things this year. So uh, I'll say it was, it was a good rookie, rookie season for me. So overall, I thought it was good, Drake, you know, and and honestly, that's might not have been exactly what I thought he was going to say, but I think it's good that he's keeping a positive outlook on on a season that that probably didn't go how he initially wanted it to. Yeah. And hey, credit to him that he he took the 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 role of having to sit back and learn right. He, he took it with with open arms, I guess, is the best way to put it, because look, People were debating, is he going to start? Is he going to sit behind Gardner Minshew? Well, he was announced as a starter, okay? So it's it's a huge blow to a lot of rookies, uh, you know, potentially their confidence if they go out there and they can't stay healthy in their first year when they've been trusted with, with you know, an offense, especially with the first-year coach like Shane Steichen. So I thought that Anthony did everything he could. I mean, he was going through the reps. He was going through the footwork. I mean, he was right there in Gardner Minshew's pocket, which, again, and we can talk about it later because there's questions asked about him. Uh, it just it, – Gardner Minshew really showed his worth this season because not only did he help Richardson when he was sitting behind Richardson, but when he had to take over the starting role, he helped Richardson by showing him how it was done on the field. And then Richardson got to see firsthand uh, how Gardner Minshew handles the huddle and how he handles the offense. Exactly. You know, just because Richardson was injured, doesn't mean he wasn't gaining valuable experience. Exactly. You know, he was meeting with Steichen regularly throughout the week, just one-on-one -on -one time. He was in those meetings every single day with Gardner Minshew, seeing how Gardner prepared, uh, listening to the questions he asked, just just kind of soaking in all of the off-the-field stuff to, that that happens in the NFL from day to day. You know, and and he mentioned later in his press conference, you know, that he would sit down with Shane Steichen, and and when when he was starting and playing. Playing, it was like he was just trying to take in the information day by day and 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 try to get ready for the next game rather when he was injured he kind of sat down it, it slowed down a little bit he was able to dive in deeper to to the finer things about about playing quarterback in the nfl you know about different coverages and and, and reading defenses and just getting a, a more in-depth understanding so i think in the long run and chris ballard mentioned this too i think in the long run it's going to be very productive for anthony richardson uh, to to have gone through this kind of take that 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 extra course in in how to play quarterback and how to prepare to be a starting quarterback in the NFL rather than drinking from a fire hose. So I think he he sounds like he made the most of it, and and it's it's really going to make me excited to see kind of how he how he's able to implement that in, in in once we get to training camp and 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 start seeing him back on the field. Yeah, and again, thirteen, and actually, it was thirteen starts at Florida. Uh, my apologies. Uh, so he basically, you know, still has has such a small sample size, and in the in the small sample size you saw in the NFL, you were blown away at times. You know, he was far farther ahead than even you and I thought he would be. Okay, so this is a guy that mentally, physically, and emotionally, and at, which might be the most important part of all this. He's there and he's bought in. And even when he was hurt, he was still bought in. It's got to get you excited, man, because regardless of what happens, you can see he's willing to learn and he wants to get better and he really wants to take off his NFL career. And and and, and obviously now the biggest question is, how's he doing in his rehab? How is that right shoulder doing? We've heard that he is ahead of schedule in his rehab, which is great. But now you can hear it directly from the man himself about how that right shoulder is doing. 
Good. You know, uh, I'm excited. You know, every day I'm trying to push the trainers to go a little harder with me so I can, you know, get back to throwing and get back on the field. So, you know, everything's smooth right now. I'm excited. I'm just ready to, you know, start throwing again. How close do you think you are to throwing again? Honestly, I don't know. You know, um, I know it's soon it's supposed to be sometime next month, but I don't have an exact date right now. But whenever that day does come, you know, I'm going to be trying to light it up. I love that. He wants to try to light it up. He's ready to get back and go. He's he's itching to, to really start slinging that football again. And obviously the Colts are being very careful on all of this. They don't want to rush him back. There's no need to rush him back, you know. Just make sure he is healed up and, and go through the steps at the appropriate time. But he's itching to get back throwing. And, and again, like I said, ahead of schedule, he's already throwing in February. I mean, there, there really isn't an equ- a question. He's going to be ready for off-season workouts and OTAs. Yeah, and really the most important part was making sure that that shoulder was shored up because exactly. it, it's, it's, it's the throwing arm, it's the cannon, it's what makes him able to push that ball downfield. And, I mean, I know that there's that clip of him getting hit by Aaron Donald and just barely releasing the ball. Well, guess what? You want to make sure that freaking shoulder that's able to rocket that type of ball down the field is ready to go. And so that preventative surgery, I – you know, and we'll get to it, but it it really was the best course of action for him. And, and it was, you know, the Colts weren't really expecting much this season. So they kind of said, look, man, we want to make sure that for the future, which is why we drafted Anthony Richardson, we want to make sure that the shoulder that he throws the football with is ready to go. Because as we've seen, man, when shoulder injuries, when they're not taken care of properly or when they accumulate or you rush someone out there a little too quick, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor last season, as he attested to, it doesn't end very well. So you don't want your franchise quarterback to have to go through that either. Well, even Andrew Luck, you know, do you remember Andrew Luck trying to push through that, push through that? And I think that that really played uh, a role in all of this. The Colts know what happens when you push your start, your, your franchise quarterback back from a shoulder injury too quickly, you know, rather than, than do that, you want to take the time, fix it right now. So it isn't a problem later on. And, and, but honestly, Drake, I mean, as we've known, it wasn't exactly a foregone conclusion that, that Anthony Richardson was going to have surgery either. You know, it it took multiple opinions. And and when you hear Anthony Richardson talk, he he about the surgery, he wasn't even certain about the surgery. He kind of had to be convinced to to go through the surgery. So this is what he had to say about that. You know, yeah, of course I was hesitant. You know, I didn't want to um get the surgery at first. I didn't want to be out for the season, you know, because Rookie season, first year, I wanted to play. You know, I wanted to be out there with the team. And, you know, uh, this injury kind of set me back a little bit. But, you know, after talking to, you know, training staff and getting different opinions from different doctors and talking to my agent and my family, you know, they said long term, this was the best thing for me to do, you know, because if I did try to go out there and play again, I probably wouldn't be able to throw it, you know, only just run. And I don't want to just run the ball, I want to throw it too. So uh, that was probably the best thing for me to do is get my shoulder fixed up on. It would have just been a waste of a season uh, for Anthony Richardson to try to do that. And and why try to to rush back when you have your whole career in front of you? Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I forget. I know other people do, too. This kid's only 21 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him. Yeah, he he not even that long ago he became legally able to drink a freaking beer. Okay, (laughs) so like that that puts into perspective just how young this guy is and he's the quarterback of the team and and you you're hoping that given the way the quarterback is treated now by officials and just by the NFL and how safe the league has become you want him to be out there for 15 years man you don't want to ruin this right out of the gate so not to say this was a throwaway season because hell you could say last season was a throwaway season but again the expectations were as low as they could be with this team coming into it even with Richardson and then when all that happened given the other injuries that he had suffered in the season and setbacks you just kind of said you know I think that that they said to themselves look we've got so much to develop here we've got Gardner Minshew best possible backup we can possibly pay let's just make sure Anthony's good let's make sure that his throwing shoulder is good and let's just make sure that no hiccups happen and like you said with Andrew Luck don't shove him out there because good god you saw what happens when that when that goes down yeah and on the flip side of things you can probably understand why anthony wants to be out there you know he's a competitor uh, uh he 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 feels like he's letting his team down he feels like he's letting the fans down by not being out there and he had really never been injured to to miss a season or miss a lot of games in his career 
So it's a completely different, different uh, aspect of the game that he had really never experienced before. So you can understand why he was hesitant because obviously players, they want to go out there. They want to be out there and playing football, but I'm really glad that the Colts took this conservative approach because what I feel like we I, I'm beating a dead horse here, but it was never about 2023. The Colts finished nine and eight. Fantastic. But they were not going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Uh, I mean, you can say that you hear the players say that and the coaches say that and that's their ultimate goal. But when you're looking at it realistically, this Colts team wasn't going to win uh, the Super Bowl. So they had a great season, but you're not going to risk the the face and the future of your franchise when when you really don't have a legitimate shot to to go all the way. Yeah, it's again, I know you talked about beating a dead horse. This was also one of the youngest teams in the NFL, like top five. All right. right. So you you just want all of it to make sense. And what doesn't make sense, especially after that Tennessee game, is to shove this dude back out there. OK, so I, I think that they did all the right things, given the the unfortunately injury riddled season that they had all over the place, especially in their draft class. Um, given all that, the Colts made the right decisions, man. They, they 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 learned from the past, which they say that if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, guess what? The Colts aren't going to repeat this. They've learned from it. And it showcased right here during the season with Gardner Minshew out there starting in Richardson, just rehabbing that shoulder. Right. And, and, but it still doesn't make it any easier for Anthony <laughs> yeah. Richardson to deal uh, with that injury. And he admitted it was, it was kind of, it was very tough there for the first few weeks. Here's what he had to say about not playing and, and dealing with that injury that ended his season prematurely. Not going to lie. Uh, those first few weeks were definitely hard for me. You know, uh, I've never missed a season of football. Uh, I've dealt with injuries before, but never uh, sat out games, uh, never was told that my season was done and I had to wait. Uh, so it definitely did hurt me because this was the first year where, you know, I didn't have football, you know, to guide me throughout my everyday process. And then uh, I just talked to a few different people and I just sat down and just opened my eyes and realized, you know, I'm blessed, you know, to be in the NFL. You know, I'm blessed to be on this team. I'm blessed to be sitting here talking to y'all. So I just had to look at the bigger picture. And just understand, you know, it's all a part of the process. And, you know, the things I can't prevent, try to prevent them. And the things I can't, you know, just try to learn how to live with them. And one of those things was this injury, you know, learning how to live with it and trying to see the good and everything that was around me, you know. But it was definitely tough. But, you know, after talking to some people, you know, letting my emotions out a little bit, you know, I kind of I finally came around and you know, understood, you know, my, my purpose in this building. And that's what I was talking about being reflective. You know, it didn't start out well. He he really had a hard time with it, but he understood how blessed he was. I mean, this wasn't a career-ending injury for Anthony Richardson. Could have been a lot worse. He's gonna oh, yeah. come back from this. He's he's gonna be just fine. I think he's gonna be stronger because of it. Yeah, and hey, humble. I think that he's absolutely mature as hell for 21 years old. I mean, just watching this guy speak, you feel like he's been in the NFL for at least three or four seasons. So um, the fact that he's trusting the process, I know that that's such a, a cliche term, but it's true. And it's all about routine with these guys. They, they're all about wake up and they're structured. They, they have to structure their days, their diets, their, their workouts, everything. And so to go from all that and all that from high school to college to pros, and then all of a sudden you're told, hey, you get to rehab just that shoulder for the most part. And you get to do minimal, you know, walkthroughs and stuff. That takes a toll on a guy like that after a decade plus of just doing the same thing over and over, even with some nicks and some bruises here and there. So give him credit. All right. He 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 followed exactly what he had to do. I'm sure Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew were integral in helping him with with, you know, changing his routine so that his shoulder is all set. Um, but hey, like you said. He's ready to come back better than ever, and I do think that that preventative surgery is way more effective than some perhaps maybe more negative thinkers are thinking. I know that the Andrew Luck you know, syndrome is still fresh, um, but I really do believe that Anthony Richardson is going to come back in 2024 with a lot more understanding of what he has to do to stay healthy, and that's going to be huge for his career long term. I want to give a shout out to the CFO of Horseshoe Huddle, Patrick Rye. Pay, par, Patrick, I thought I wasn't going to be able to take a drink tonight. Holy cow. <laughs> every time, hey, listen, guys, every time you give a super chat, 
Drake has to drink. So let's get let's get Drake drunk on this. This Thursday one's strong night. too. So. Uh, so Patrick, thank you so much for your super chat, buddy. Patrick says I really enjoyed Ballard and Ar discussing not being just a runner and winning in the pocket. Reminds me of Lamar this year, and really excited for next year. So what we're going to talk about Chris Ballard and what he had to say uh, about all that and about Anthony Richardson's playing style, as well as hearing from Anthony Richardson about his playing style. But yes, Anthony Richardson, he's not a runner first. I, I just do not get this a narrative by a lot of the, the people that are against Anthony Richardson or, or that try to try to critique him on that. He's never been a running first quarterback. It, you, that, that's, you can simply debunk that by watching film. Go turn on any college game. You know, he was looking down the field first. He always keeps his eyes downfield. Look at the games that he was a Colt. Unless it's a designed run, Anthony Richardson is looking down the field first, and he only runs when he has to or when he sees that daylight there. So uh, just a really interesting perspective, and I don't think a lot of a lot of the detractors of Anthony Richardson, they're just, they just don't. They're, they're intentionally kind of glossing over that point. Well, and and also, you know, I, I I understand the the natural the natural thinking process is when you see a quarterback that runs that quick. When you hear most athletic prospect at quarterback ever drafted, you immediately think, well, he's he's a runner, you know. And, and yes, his his completion percentage was off in college, but he was also dealing with apps. A dumpster fire is is, is the the nicest term at receiver. Okay, with no QB coach to speak of at Florida either at times. So I think that you're absolutely right, especially on on a lot of the tapes. You'll see him looking downfield and then when nothing's available and he sees a lane and that's all he can do. Well, then he takes the ball and runs it because he fully understands, like Patrick put right there, Lamar, you don't win. Uh, as a quarterback in the NFL, and you're not a playoff contending quarterback in the NFL, just being a runner anymore. That's not how it works. Uh, eventually, you're going to get you're going to get contained, and so you have to be able to throw the ball. And I think that he fully understands that, and that's what you get paid to do before anything else as a quarterback. Exactly. Thank you so much, Patrick, for your super chat, buddy, and all of your support. You're you're an absolute legend for for Drake and I and for this show. But let's talk about Anthony Richardson's playing style because there are some questions. Is he going to change his playing style next year to help protect himself? And here's what AR5 had to say. No, I don't think so. You know, uh, it's just a matter of me just just being out there and just learning when to get down, when not to get down. You know, some of the injuries were unfortunate, you know, like my ankle getting stepped up on, uh, hitting my knee on the turf really hard, you know, just stuff like that, you know, stuff that I can't control. Uh, but the ones that I can't control, you know, I got to prevent those, you know, like me slowing up uh, near the end zone, getting the concussion, you know, that was completely on me. And then, you know, uh, getting tackled, you know, I can't really prevent that. You know, I was trying to brace myself for it. And just, unfortunately, my shoulder just, you know, did what it did. But I don't think I have to change the way I play, you know, just being a little smarter when the time does come. So, Drake, what do you think about about those comments? That he's not going to change the way he he's going to play, just more going to be try to be smarter about that. Do you think that's a good idea or, or does that is that raise some concerns for you? It doesn't raise any concerns at all. I, I think that he's inexperienced. I, I, I don't think that he's had a lot of field time. All right. Uh, I, I remember, I think Chris Ballard even said it at one point. He's like, look, you know, in college, you can get away with just kind of letting up, you know, the gas at the last second of the goal line in the NFL. These are missiles coming after you. They're going to freaking hit you. And I, and, that was his welcome to the NFL moment. Just so happened it led to a concussion. So uh, I just think it's an experience. I think that he's learning. I think that if you do start to tell him, hey, don't run when you think it's best, you're taking away what makes him so special. You have to let him unleash those weapons. He just has to be a little bit more, I think, aware. I think that's the big big word is Richardson just has to understand QB awareness. He needs to understand where his body's on the field. And he also has to understand these guys, some of these guys hitting him, even in the defensive back and in the secondary, some of these guys can hit you hard. And some of these dudes are like six foot three, six foot four. I mean, his teammate Juju Brents is six, three. So some of these guys are going to hit you really hard. So uh, it, it's really an experience thing. The more snaps he gets, the better he's going to become with his awareness. 
Yeah, I think this I think this injury is gonna is is really he's not gonna change his playing style. He's still gonna run. I don't think the Colts should stop running him, you know. That takes away a huge element of his game. But yeah. he can be a lot smarter, you know, know when to go for it, when to die for or uh, try to get that first down if the game's on the line, or or just try to get as many yards as you can, slide and, and live to fight another day. He even mentioned it, you know, the NFL is so much more physical and, and there's it's just filled with stronger and faster guys than than high school and college football. And he's used to being a physical presence and, and being a, a physical runner. He he has to, and he said, I have to, I have to check myself on that, and and I can't, I can't just do that. Chris Ballard even mentioned it. You know, he's got a little Andrew Luck in him at, like this. You know, Andrew Luck is just ultra competitive, as is Anthony Richardson. You know, they 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 go out there and they're not thinking. You know, I got to slide. I got to get down. They're thinking, you know, I want to go win the game. I want to go pick up this first down. So it's something that he will have to learn. And I think he will. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he's really paid attention. That's something that he's really emphasized with himself about being smarter and knowing when to get down and protect himself. So I I, I don't see, I don't foresee that being a problem. Do I think he he's never going to get injured again? Probably not. You're playing football. You're, the injury rate is 100% in the game of football. But I think he's going to be able to protect himself moving forward. And then the last thing to talk about with Anthony Richardson, what are his offseason plans? You know, uh, Drake, we kind of wonder, yeah, he's he's rehabbing and everything, but he doesn't know exactly know when he's going to start throwing. So what's what's the offseason going to look like for Anthony Richardson in his first full offseason as an NFL quarterback? This is what he had to say, Colts fans. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about this day for a long, long time. Uh, just how the offseason was going to be for me. Uh, I had other plans, you know. Uh, I wanted to actually, you know, uh, just take some time and, and, and relax. But, you know, now the way that things are playing out, you know, I'm I'm 100% uh, all steam right now. You know, um, guys, you know, it's all the way to the floor. You know, I'm pushing it because I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to, you know, go get that playoffs, go get the Super Bowl rings. You know, I just want to be great for this team. You know, so I plan on getting to Jacksonville sometime um, within the next couple of weeks so I can get down there, uh, finish a little bit of more rehab before I start throwing, and I'll be back and forth, you know, here with the coaches, uh, learning some more stuff and just trying to get back in my routine. The obsession with his craft is evident there, Drake. Just how how much he wants to get back, and and you hear that get back to the get into the playoffs, go and win those Super Bowl rings. That's exactly what you want to hear from your franchise quarterback. Yeah, and hey, you know what? He's going to be going down to Jacksonville. He's very familiar with with the state of Florida, so that's that's a place that's really comfortable for him. And he's going to, um, I. I, I think we're we're going to be covering them in the off season, and I, I I think that we're gonna you know we were wowed we were wowed during the off season in 2023. I think that um, given what he's learned, given the fact that he's had a year to sit under Gardner Minshew for uh, for quite for quite a few games and learn so much from Shane Steichen, man, I am so pumped to see what Anthony Richardson is going to come back looking like once he starts throwing, getting back into the motion of things, getting back into that routine of NFL football that a quarterback has. And the last thing I have to say is his mentality. Okay, this 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 kid kid, all right, is 21 years old, and he already understands fully what he has to do, and he's totally open to learning. And the biggest word is definitely humble. And I think that those are the the keys to success. It all starts with the mental when you've got those types of physical skills. And so I think that he's learned a lot in his short time in the NFL, and it's only going to pay off again in the long run for him. Absolutely. Shout out to Truett here for the super sticker. Uh, really appreciate all of your support, buddy, as Drake is drinking again. And Truett says obsession for perfection. I, I love that. I, I think that's exactly what Anthony Richardson wants that's to funny. do. He's got just such a such a deep passion for winning football. And, you know, it, it killed him to not be out there to go see his his friend CJ Stroud beat up on his team. He said, you know, we can't let him do that again. Uh, the, he, he I'm glad he played well and everything but he's not going to get any more of those victories. So you have to be excited about what Anthony Richardson is, is going to be doing this offseason. It's going to be fun to really watch his journey and, and watch him develop. And, and he's going to be back quicker than you think, Colts fans. It's going to be exciting to see him throwing the football again in OTAs. We're going to get an up-close shot at, uh, at, at what the franchise quarterback looks like again. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so let's move it along, Drake. We talked about Anthony Richardson. Now it's time to talk about Chris Ballard's season-ending presser here. And boy, he had 
quite a bit more to say even than Anthony Richardson went about uh, a double the time a little bit more than double the time but but again leaving those nuggets on on what he's thinking but overall Drake I think the overall vibe that I got from Chris Ballard he just seemed much much calmer like much more at ease with his team and I think it's because number one he's got his head coach he's got a star head coach and Shane Steichen and number two, his belief in Anthony Richardson that they finally have that young quarterback. And while it was a small sample size, boy, was he impressive. Yeah, and it's like like you said, uh, this one as opposed to last year when we were, uh, you know, kind of covering it then, it's night and day. I mean, you you, you felt a lot of uncertainty and and maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a lack of confidence just because of all the all the the crazy storms that that were happening. But there's like you said, the two most important pieces of a team, the coach and the quarterback, not a worry anymore. And both of them are winning picks. All right. And he picked them both. So it's like that has got to give Chris Ballard a lot of confidence. This Your offensive line was resurgent. Jonathan Taylor's contract situation is over. Yeah. You've got some, some guys that are going to be free agents. You got to resign, but overall you feel good. The defense had a bunch of new starters and they, even though that at times they absolutely fell apart just because of how young and injury riddled they were in the secondary at times, they still set the Indianapolis era sack record for, for sacks by a team. And they don't even have a dominant pass rusher right now. So there's a lot of reasons. I think that Chris Ballard was a little more calm, but you still felt that, that, that Southern, that Southern draw, that, that fiery competitive spirit. Uh, At the end of the day, he wants to win and he wants to keep his job and he wants to win above all for the fans and for the Colts uh, franchise. Yeah, and the job's not done. He no. he he realizes that. He recognizes that. You know, they still miss the playoffs, but there's optimism around this team, and he fully believes they're heading in the right direction. I want to bring up Patrick's super chat uh, from earlier again because he said I really enjoyed Ballard and AR discussing not being a uh, just a runner and winning from the pocket. So here is what Chris Ballard had to say uh, about Anthony Richardson, about what he thinks of the rookie and, and what he thinks he, he can do moving forward. He's a good, he's a good young man um, who has a lot to learn. And, but he's, but here's what's, here's what's good about it, about him. Very humble. And he has empathy for other people. He cares deeply, cares deeply about being the best player he can be, and he cares deeply about his teammates. Um, and he will work, and he's very gifted. Um, I'm going to tell you one of the things that really surprised me of Anthony, because I was, I was concerned about it, um, but he, this guy's a passer. I mean, I think you all put him into a, you know, we all kind of, because here's this big, talented athlete I mean, this guy's a legitimate passer, um, and I believe that. And I think he's going to continue to get better and improve the more, you know, the more he plays. But this guy can – I mean, Anthony can play from the pocket and throw the ball accurately. Um, now he just needs to play. I think sitting – you know, it's unfortunate, you know, but there's always a little light. And I think sitting – the ability to be able to sit and watch um, is going to be beneficial for him in the – you know, going forward. So kind of echoing what we said there, Drake, you know, it's going to be beneficial for him, but just to hear that glowing review from Chris Ballard about Anthony Richardson, I mean, not only talking about him as a football player, but as a person. And and I think that's, that's kind of the sense that, I mean, maybe fans on the outside, maybe think that, but they don't, they don't have that, that inside look at Anthony Richardson, like a Chris Ballard or, or like us in the media that, that have spoken with Anthony Richardson and, and on multiple occasions. So, but it's, that's not just that's not hyperbole what chris ballard was saying there it's 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 what he truly believes and because you know chris ballard's a straight shooter you know it's and and i think it's why he has such confidence in anthony richardson and and the direction that this team is 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 moving towards yeah and you notice what he led with uh humble empathetic um desire he's got a deep desire to win then he talked about his his physical skill sets Mm -hmm. and and so we've seen a lot of quarterbacks just players in the nfl that don't have those those humble type of attributes and and to to be the best you can especially as as i hate to say raw anymore just because we've seen him play but 
coming into the league like Anthony Richardson was with the experience level he had. There we go. That's much better. Um, you need more than ever. You always want to see those qualities, humble, apath- or empathetic, all that. But he really needed to have all those more than more than ever because right. you you have to learn. And so I think that that really made Chris Ballard proud. But I love the fact also I can't ignore the fact that he called him a passer because as you and I saw the tape before he was drafted and as we saw the tape when he played limitedly in the NFL – I mean, that's what he's doing, man. He's he's trying to throw the ball first, and there were times where he put some freaking darts down, uh, throws that most guys can't make, special quarterbacks only can make, and uh, that just makes you even more excited for what he's going to do next year. Exactly. We've got a couple super chats here. We're going to go a little bit out of order just because of of what of what the the context of them are. And I want to dedicate uh, some time to Patrick's chat here. But stats, Matt, thank you so much, buddy, for the super chat. Always appreciate your support. Uh, and stats, Matt says the this guy's a passer comment was wild and and i think it's true yeah i think that shocked a lot of people to hear him say that awesome. because and, and it's it's great news for for colts fans for this colts team that there's just the belief and i think we've we've all seen it as as patrick with another super chat this one is just telling telling drake to drink so <laughs> go ahead and do that drake <laughs> thank, thank you so much patrick appreciate it buddy uh but yeah i mean this guy's a passer that's what this team truly believes they they don't think they don't think that it, Anthony Richardson is limited uh, in any stretch of the imagination. He didn't only say that he was a passer. He said this guy can win from the pocket and he's accurate, which which would in the small sample size, I mean, I think he can absolutely be someone that that could win games strictly from the pocket. Yeah. And again, I mean, last season when he uh, let me see here, his rushing stats. Okay, so he actually only had about 136 rushing yards in four games. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's about uh, about 34 rushing yards a game. That's not that's not like astronomical. That's not crazy. And so you're going to you're going to have teams that are going to take that away. They're just going to know, look, we can't let Anthony Richardson's feet beat us before his arm does. Well, guess what? He has learned that he can't just win with his feet anymore. These guys are way faster than you were in college, and some of them can catch up with him. So it's one of those things where you just have to learn on the fly, given his situation coming into you know coming into the NFL, and he's been able to do that. And I know we've gone back to it multiple times, but he was able to make some absolutely ridiculous throws. Now, going back to what Ballard said, he's got a lot to learn. Right? He did miss some open throws, but that was expected. That's expected. You know, you got a guy like Shane Steichen to help teach Anthony Richardson how to shore that up. But again, he was just farther along than any one of us thought. And uh, he's probably going to be farther along in year two than anyone expected he would be in year two when he was drafted. Exactly. And stats, Matt adds on to that. He said, I just thought it was wild because surely he believed it in the process, but what he saw of him in the league wowed him even more. And that's yeah. a very, very fair point. So thank you. Pat. Uh, thank you. Stats, Matt, for the super chat. Greatly appreciate it. We've got another super sticker for my beautiful wife danielle who is patrick it says in the chat is super stickering for two nowadays she's definitely she's doing great with the pregnancy uh about halfway through now i didn't then, see i didn't see a super <laughs> chat from jackson but, yeah it's a jackson yeah. jackson on, didn't, didn't do a super chat Step but then again he uh he doesn't have a job yet so uh, <laughs> we need to get get hit get that little 21 week old ch- uh, child uh, uh to get to work i guess but thank you so much for for the super chat and then finally let's get to patrick's ten dollar one so drake you're gonna have to drink a couple on this one man drake's not even gonna be able to talk by the end of this episode here with all the super chats but patrick thank you so much buddy he says ballard was all in on steichen and his process today do we think steichen is going to have any sway in getting a guy in the draft or free agency he thinks would be good for his offense absolutely patrick and and i think ballard talked about this today you know he always takes into account what what his coaches say he did this with frank reich you know taking his opinion of guys that would fit his offense and i think we saw that last year already with with shane steichen with the drafting of josh downs i think that was really that was a reggie wayne pick that was a, a a shane steichen pick to get that quick win wide receiver and as we saw josh downs i think is 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 a budding star uh not only for this colts team but but in the league what do you think drake about uh the, the comment about steichen and and having any sway in in the draft and free agency I, i'm 100 right there with you because ballard is a very good evaluator of talent all right he's he's a scouting guy and so i think that he understands that there are limitations even to what he knows offensively and 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 developmentally with quarterbacks and and this and that and uh, he also understands shane steichen i mean look at philly 
ever since he left, their offense is completely lost. Okay. So I think that if you want to see the value of Shane Steichen and, and you want to look outside of the franchise that the Colts have here, look at Philadelphia right now. All right. So I, I think that he understands that Steichen knows this offense. He knows what he has to have to make not only this offense move better, move more efficiently, but for Anthony Richardson to feel more comfortable. Because, look, when you have a quarterback that's that young and you want all these years ahead for him, you need to give him weapons. You need to give him the right guy. So if Steichen says, hey, first round, I want this wide receiver. I would not be surprised at all if Chris Ballard drafts him. OK, because so far, everything that's happened in the Shane Steichen era, it's pretty much worked. I mean, you took a, a an injury riddled squad that didn't have their, their star quarterback and you got them to nine wins against some at times pretty difficult defenses. I mean, hey, man, you know what? I think that Ballard not only trusts him, but he should trust Steichen. Yeah. And I, I think I think as, as stats, Matt put this in the chat, uh, it's it's. Steichen is going to tell Ballard what he needs for his offense. And I think Ballard's going to do the best that he can to provide that. So, uh, and I, I think just as, as that, as the season has gone along, Steichen has proved himself that trust is only developing and getting stronger between those two. So Patrick, again, thank you so much, buddy, for all that you do for, for Drake and I, and, and all of your super chats, all your support really means the world to us. So uh, let's, let's talk about another player on the offensive side of the ball, Drake, Michael Pittman, Jr you know, an upcoming free agent. We heard from Pittman a couple days ago uh, saying that he was going to, he was going to do what was best for, for him and, and, and evaluate all of his options as he should, you know, he, he owes it to himself, his family. That's what he's supposed to do. Uh, so Chris Ballard today was asked about Michael Pittman Jr. What he thinks about him and, and if the Colts are, are going to try to get him back. They're deeply about him. Um, and him and I have, we have a really good relationship. It's an honest one, almost too honest, I think, sometimes. Um, but that's what I love about him. I mean, guy's competitive. He's tough. He cares. He wants to win. I mean, look, we're going to work to get him back. Um, we'll work through that. Um, we got some. I know we're going to have a few free agents you're all going to want to talk about, and I'm probably going to give you the same answer. Um, would like to have them all back, but it didn't work that way. You know, it's just the nature of what we do. Um, but you know, Pitt's a good football player for us and, and, you know, hopefully he still remains a cold. So I saw some people, Drake, hear that comment and say, Oh, I don't know. That, that makes me scared that Pittman's not going to be back. I had the opposite. Oh, by the way, Drake, uh, Patrick says for another super chat, drink more. So this is, this is going to become a game, I guess, with, with Patrick, but, uh, thanks buddy for, for another super chat, but I had the opposite thinking of on that Drake. I think that 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 just makes me more secure in thinking that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be back because Chris Ballard loves love this kid so much. He knows how important Michael Pittman Jr. is to this team, and I, I think he's he's. I think it just ensures or gives me more confidence. I wouldn't say ensures because anything can happen, but just gives me more confidence uh, that Michael Pittman Jr. will be back on a long term extension with the Colts. Yeah, and he referenced that relationship with Chris Ballard, but at the end of the day, it's the performance on the field. And, oh, he set career highs in targets with 156 and receptions with 109 and yards with 1152. And this was while missing a game and not starting one of them. So, I mean, Mike, Michael Pittman for the past three seasons with Wentz, with Ryan Ellinger and Foles, and with Minshew and Richardson, all of these quarterbacks, he has been the go-to guy and pretty much the only go-to guy. So, I just, I'm where I'm right there with you, man. I think that they're going to keep him. I don't think there's any way they let him walk because he has just done so much already. And also, this is a little tiny thing. He's willing to block. All right. And I think that that's an underlying factor that uh, a lot of wide receivers don't like to do. Michael Pittman loves to block and he's just there to win. And I think that you need a winning culture. That's what Ballard and Steichen are trying to build. And plus, do you really want to take away? Uh, what will likely be for a couple of years at least Anthony Richardson's number one target to throw to? I don't think so. Quarterback one wants him back. Running back one wants him back. He's Everybody. an absolute dog uh, out there. Shane Steichen wants him back. Pittman's not going anywhere, guys. Yeah. And oh, I, by the way, stats Matt coming in. Drink another drink. And, and Pitt will be will be back so thank you stats matt uh we're, we're this is going to be a new thing we're just going to try to make make drake drink throughout I'm the heavyweight be careful yeah yeah let's lay well, hey, that's a challenge that's a challenge so <laughs> uh but let's so we're, we're feeling good that michael Pittman jr is going to be back well we also got news and and confirmation on another guy that will be back 
Some fans might not be as happy about this, though. Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. So uh, as uh, <laughs> as Patrick with another $5 Super Chat says after that comment, do we think there's going to be a free agent shocker that leaves? Uh, Grover, for example, as Drake has to drink again. Uh, so as 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 Drake is, is drinking here, uh, it's it's hard to tell. I think Grover Stewart's probably back. I think Kenny Moore's probably back. The one I'm iffy on is Julian Blackman, uh, just because we'll have to see if Blackman gets offered more elsewhere. Uh, I do. I think that he's. I think there's a good chance that the top the f- top four remain Pittman, Stewart, Moore, and and Blackman, but. I don't, and does Blackman even count as a shocker? I don't, I don't know, but I, I, I think, I think the Colts are really going to focus in on keeping, keeping their own, like, like they normally do. What do you think, Drake? Yeah, uh, I, I think that Rodney Thomas II is actually a name to look out for because I understand that when Blackman went down, Thomas had to start. I think uh, Cross went from free safety over to strong, and then Thomas resumed free safety roles. And you saw just look. I'm not trying to bash Rodney Thomas here. But his sophomore campaign was brutal compared to last year. And you saw it in a microcosm of in that Houston Texans game. I mean, he just really looked completely off. So I think that you can fill uh, the free safety position. I think that you can put Nick Cross at strong safety if the Colts have enough uh, confidence in him. But, hey, a name that people are forgetting is Daniel Scott. All right. Daniel Scott was hurt the whole year. I know he was a fifth round pick. This is a guy that they were really high on. He's a special teams ace. And I think that he's got a lot of ability. He had like five years at California. So this isn't a youngster walking into the NFL. This is actually weirdly. He was a rookie last year, but he was experienced walking into the NFL. So I think they've got confidence in Daniel Scott. And even Chris Ballard brought him up and how how much they were sad when he went down. So as much as I hate to say it, man, I want to see Julian Blackman back. But that's probably the one you're okay, at least the most, with letting go. I love I love the point about Daniel Scott. I think the Colts are really high on him, and especially how he conducted himself this year without without being able to play. So, Patrick, thanks again for the super chat, buddy, and, and for the great question. So uh let's but let's play the clip. Uh what Chris Ballard had to say about defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, I mean, I know that's been a hot topic for everybody. And look, it's an area we have to improve. But look, in a little bit of defense, um, you know, the year before he comes in and, you know, we kind of had a, I don't want to say a veteran team, but we had some veteran players. And then we, I just said, look, we're going to go young in some spots. And we went young in the secondary. And look, there were some, there were some rough moments at times in the secondary. And I don't completely put that on on them. I put that more on, on me. Um, but, you know, how do you, how do you ever develop any continuity with, especially with your own guys, if you don't just play them? So I decided to go young. We took our lumps, took our lumps at times, but I think it's going to pay off down the line for them. I think we had five or six new starters on defense. Um, we did do some good things now. It's not like it was all bad. The points do got to come down. Um, we've had, we'll continue to have long discussions about, you know, where we're going and, and how we'll get that done. Um, but saying that, we had, a lot, we had new starters on defense. We did do some good things, too. Um, you know, we got after the passer pretty good. I think it's got to get a little better, but 51 sacks, pretty good. Took the ball away. We wouldn't need to be a little better there in that area. Um, and we've got to take away the explosives. But I would expect to see us take another jump here this year on defense. What's that? You expect them back, I assume. Who's that? Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Gus Bradley will be back as the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. And and got, and Chris Ballard took a lot of the, the blame for that. You know, we went young and we had some new starters and there were some things we need to improve that, that we did improve on. But there were still things that the Colts defense, he said, needs to improve on. And that will continue to have discussions on that. So I think from that from that perspective, Drake. The Colts want to give Gus Bradley another year. They they kind of what you had talked about before, talking about 2022 and and the mess that was there. They're kind of just throwing that that out the window, and they they want to see the third year in Gus Bradley's defense. How that be that being said, if things don't improve, then I think there's a good chance that Gus Bradley isn't back after next season. 
Yeah, yeah, you don't uh, you don't finish as one of the bottom tier teams and points allowed three years in a row as a defensive coordinator and keep your job. Now, like you said, I, I personally think that when they went into this season and Ballard, once he came up with the game plan that he wanted to draft younger players, I think that they were saying, look, whatever happens, as long as you're not allowing 50 points a game, you're sticking around because – do you really want Juju Brents and Jalen Jones and even Dallas Flowers, who's only going into his third season? Do you really want those guys to not have Gus Bradley? Do you really want them to like have a brand new defensive coordinator and learn something new? Hell no, man. I mean, like you want them to stick with the guy that they started their career with. So in the infancy of a career like Julie, uh, like Juju Brents, I really do think it's the smartest decision. And look, Colts fans, I, I understand Gus Bradley sometimes is stubborn. Sometimes he doesn't move those coverages. He doesn't change things. He doesn't bring a lot of pressure. I fully expect him to understand his seat is hot and to try to change some things. And remember, he is one of the most experienced defensive coordinators in the NFL. This guy has seen a lot, and he has. I know that he had a lot of talent in Seattle, but he has won a Super Bowl with the defense before. Yeah, it's a, it's just going to be interesting to see. What happens? You know, they, they. I think Chris Ballard, as he said, he expects them to take a, uh, a the next step up and and take a jump. If they don't, though, I think Gus Bradley is out. Oh, I think not. this is yeah. this is his last this is his last chance at it. Ballard's not going to come out there and say it, but but it does need to be better, especially if the Colts want to want to not only just make the playoffs but want to win in the playoffs and and go far. Uh, we got a super chat from Karen House Drake asking what exactly is in that cup, and and <laughs> probably wanting you to drink, take another drink. Out of it so usually i have a moscow mule but i decided to mix it up today and have a whiskey and coke and uh usually do about half and half so thank you carriage house yeah exactly so pretty strong drake drake makes them strong which is what what we like around here about so, this much left yeah uh -oh, so here we go here we go but carriage house thank you so much uh for all of your support speaking of the defense drake we talked about gus bradley one of the biggest moves on defense this year was the colts release shaquille leonard and and Chris Ballard was obviously impacted by that. And you could tell just in his answer, it was asked today about the cutting of Shaquille Leonard when all went, went into that. And, and here's what he had to say. It sucked. Um, that was hard. I love him. He knows it. I got a lot of respect for Darius. Um, yeah, I'm vision Darius. Forty injury. I mean, I, you know, you, and it just shows you how hard it is to become a Hall of Fame player. But he was on that track. I mean, there probably wasn't in a four-year span a better playmaker at, and you can even say it on defense, like a just a pure playmaker when, when the chips were on the line and you need to make a play. I don't know if I've been around, and I've been with some really good players on defense, especially at linebacker, but he was as good as any of them. Um, and so when he wasn't quite been able to make it back, you know, to what he was, um, and he's still working towards that. And not that you saw flashes, but then at the end of the day, versus what we thought we had in, build, in the building, um, we just thought it was time, you know. Um, EJ Speed was, was scratching at the door. And, you know, we wanted to get him on the field. And I didn't think it was fair to Darius to say, you know what, Darius, you're going to be the backup. You're not going to play. You're going to be inactive. That's not. I couldn't do that to him. I couldn't do that to him. You can obviously see that that move is still breaking up Chris Ballard. You know, that was a very hard move for him. I mean, Shaquille Leonard means a lot to, to Chris Ballard, They're not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, and it's not often that you have a rookie linebacker set your franchise record at the time uh, for tackles and become a first-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler and Defensive Rookie of the Year. And in your first four seasons, you have three first-team All-Pro selections and one second-team All-Pro selection, okay? He was absolutely, positively 100% on his way to the Hall of Fame if he doesn't get hurt, okay? So I, I think that that also just shows all Colts fans. I understand there's opinions about Ballard, but he really loves these players, and he's fair to them. He's allowing Michael Pittman to walk out there and see what's available because that's best for Michael Pittman's financial situation for his family. He allowed Shaq Leonard, and he called him Darius Leonard because that is – just the relationship these two have. He, they, I really feel like he truly loves uh, Shaq Leonard. And at the end of the day, it sucks to let a mainstay like that go. You have to put up the thank you for the memories banner 
uh, for Shaq Leonard. Then you got to take that 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 thing down, and you got to watch him in a different uniform. So credit to Chris Ballard for allowing Shaq to explore other options. And hey, when you've got a guy like EJ Speed that's scratching at the door, as he said, you, you really have to make the the most the, the most uh, I, I guess the the financial and the business decision that makes the most sense for your team. And unfortunately, as it is in the business, it's a business before it's a relationship. And so EJ Speed earned it, and now Shaq Leonard is a Philadelphia Eagle. Said this at the time, and, and I think it just it continues to ring true. Shaq Leonard and is right up there at the very top of the, the list in Indianapolis Colts history. It's him and Bob Sanders as the biggest what-ifs mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball for, for what their career could have been. You know, both Hall of Fame talents that their their careers unfortunately just cut short by injuries, you know. And and then Shaq is still trying to work his way back. We I, I'm still a huge fan of Shaquille Leonard and hope he does get back to that form. We'll, we'll just kind of have to see what happens. But I I saved the best. For last Drake because the biggest thing that the Chris Ballard said over and over and over again talking about explosive plays getting more explosive on the offensive side of the ball and 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 not allowing as many explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball and and so how how do you do that how what specifically with with players as far as adding explosiveness and and taking some of that explosiveness away here's what he had to say about adding explosive players to this Colts team? Well, I mean, you know, we're going through it right now. We haven't started. I've got a pretty good handle on the draft, and we do think it's going to be pretty good with some explosive guys. And then working through free agency right now, uh, we're just kind of finishing it up. We do think there's going to be some opportunities to add some players to to make us more explosive. So that's that's saying something. You know, about about adding more players to to be more explosive. What exactly what exactly does that mean? And well, before before I have you answer that, stats Matt wants me to read his comment. He says people gotta realize Shaq was Ballard's baby. Ballard was destroyed for that draft pick, and that had to be so hard for him, which which I agree. So there you go, stats Matt. There's there's your comment. Uh but, but but Drake, about that explosiveness and adding explosive players. That seems like offensive playmakers to me. What do you think? I, I think that you have to give Anthony Richardson more more pass catchers, and I and I I we don't have enough time to talk about it. But the Jelani Woods situation, perhaps you're looking at a new tight end, you know, uh, which we we can get into that in another episode. But I think that that is exactly what you need. I think that you also perhaps might need some defensive back help, but uh, this is where Chris Ballard is a maestro is the draft is evaluating talent is scouting. Sometimes I think that he tries to be too cute, but man, he really dominates the day two and day three picks. So I, I I'm fully confident that when he says that I've had a good opportunity to look at the draft and I've got a really good idea on what we're going to do for the draft. I absolutely trust him. And I think especially now that he's got Shane Sykin and Anthony Richardson and guys like Josh Downs, Michael Pittman Jr., hopefully re-signing, uh, I, I think that that gives him even more confidence in the future. Now, now listen, guys, I also, with adding explosive players, I want us to be realistic about this as well. Just because he said that, that doesn't mean that Chris Ballard is going to go out and throw $30 million at Mike Evans. You know, doesn't mean he's going to trade up from number 15 to number two in the draft to, to get Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, I think we have to be realistic. You can add explosive players without selling the farm. Uh, I, I still think in, in free agency, it's it's going to be probably more mid-level free agents, like like kind of what the, you saw with the Colts do with Samson Ebukam last year. But hey, what did Samson Ebukam do? He immediately comes in and leads the Colts in sacks and becomes their, their best pass rusher, you know, so... Not a bad trade-off for that. So you can get productive players at that mid-level money. You don't have to go out and be the biggest spenders in free agency. That hardly ever works out. So you could expect probably that in free agency. And in the draft, again, it could be. As as I got roasted on, on X for God knows why for saying I would love to have Brock Bowers on my team. Sorry, I love great playmakers, guys. But uh, uh, having uh, Brock Bowers uh, or, or not not necessarily him or, or Roma Donzi, but possibly getting like a Xavier Worthy from, from Texas, a Troy Franklin from, from Oregon, those kind of wide receivers. Uh, Coleman from FSU. Yeah. So I, 
Coleman's more of a possession wide receiver. I'm talking about the guys that can take the take the uh, the the, the, the roof off. Yeah, so so it's kind of more explosive, faster guards after catch wide receivers. But but the same thing, just adding more playmakers on offense. And I think I think as far as the defensive side of the ball goes, Drake eliminating those explosive plays. You you can expect Juju Brents, Jalen Jones to take another step up in their second year, but also adding playmakers on the defensive side of the ball to that can take the ball away, uh, can can get after the quarterback stuff stuff that can have those those game breaking type of plays as well. I think that's what what Chris Bauer really means by explosive plays, just adding playmakers everywhere on this roster, and I, I think that's one of the main the main needs for this Colts team as they head into the 2024 offseason yeah and that's exactly what you want to have with such a young roster there's still people walking into this 2024 season even though some of these guys are walking into their sophomore years they're still going to be drafting plenty of players this is going to be super duper young team um, and they've got veteran leadership on the offensive line which is so important they've also got it on the defensive front those are the trenches on each side which everybody just preaches that the Colts need and I think as long as you can build around that veteran leadership and get that young core to get just a little bit more experience and like Ballard said those explosive players on both sides of the ball could be a squad that you've been just chomping at the bit to see since the Andrew Luck days and I think I can attest to every Colts fan when I say that everybody's waiting uh, to kind of see what a fully healthy Anthony Richardson-led offense and a, a revamped defense might look like in 2024. Exactly. I want to give a shout out to Tony Copeland for the $10 super chat. Uh, first time super chatter here in Tony. We appreciate all of your support, buddy. And Tony says, love the pod, guys. First time tapping in. Y'all rock. Well, Tony, you rock as well, brother. Thank you. We, we appreciate you for joining in. Glad you enjoy the show. And hopefully you can make more of our live shows here as well. We, we'd love to have you. Love to have you join the chat. So, Tony, shout out to you, brother. And, and thanks a lot for, for joining joining us here tonight so but drake to kind of put a put a cap on these press conferences really a lot from anthony richardson again just a peek behind the curtain to see what he's gone through how it was dealing with that injury and, and kind of his outlook for for the offseason and then those nuggets that, that chris ballard dropped all throughout his his 50 minute presser you could learn a lot from from these two big names in, in the colts and but i think again the overall theme is both these guys are just super excited and optimistic for the future. There's just such a different vibe around this Colts team than it was just one year ago. Yeah, and hey, I, I there's so much there's so much to say in such little time. I'm just going to say this: be excited, be excited for this next season because the rookies are going to learn at the most important positions. And I really think that uh, Chris Ballard, even though you're not going to, I don't, I still don't think you're going to see a big Mike Evans signing. But going back to what you said about Samson Ebicom expect him to make the right signing if he needs to and expect him to pick the right draft picks when he needs to remember almost half these draft picks from 2023 were all injured so those guys are going to be mostly healthy walking into the new year hey get excited colts fans because there's a big reason to be samson abukam was one of my favorite signings of of the 2023 season worked out pretty well for the indianapolis colts so drake let's let's wrap up the episode here talk about the latest colts news and rumors just a little bit a little bit more to go through here and it starts out with with some more future contracts so the colts signed safety kendall brooks guard lewis kidd and safety michael tutsi to re reserve future contracts this week uh drake which one of those three players really stands out the most to you Actually, I, I want to say Michael Tutsi just because he went to Warren Central High School. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> badass. But uh, I think Lewis Kidd sticks out just because he he's started. He's he's played with the New Orleans Saints. He's got a little bit of NFL experience, and I think that they're just trying to shore up offensive line depth because no offense to Blake Freeland, like Ballard said, he was kind of thrown to the fire. Um, but there there were times where when your starters were out, boy, that offensive line was pretty porous at times. Yeah, and Lewis Kidd does have some starting experience in the NFL, so we'll have to see if he can, if he sticks around to training camp, and if he can make an impact, possibly get one of those reserve spots moving forward. And then finally, Colts assistant GM Ed Dodds uh, will interview for the Raiders' vacant GM position on Friday. Uh, I think he, in the past he's actually interviewed with the Raiders before for their GM opportunities. He's taken his name out of the out of the race uh, for general manager for the Raiders before, so. Ed Dodds to said to say it like he's very picky about what what he'll want to do and, and where he would possibly be a GM and good for him you know that's what you want to do you want to go to the right situation at the right time and I've been saying it for years I think he is going to be uh, a very good GM 
and, and he can afford to be picky in that regard. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you when you're picky with the job that you're going to get and you can afford to turn people down, that just means that you're damn good at what you do. And I think that it's going to suck when he leaves because he's been a fantastic uh, front office guy for the Colts, but he's also earned the right to be a GM for a team and really take control. Exactly. And stats, Matt saying Dodds is Vegas GM and brings in Harbaugh. Oof. Look it. That'd be wild. That'd be a wild combination. And those two, Look those two out, have, man. those do, those two, I think do have uh, uh, some connections with one another. So uh would be very interesting. And Tony coming in here hot with a, with a super chat again, this time a 20 banger, a $20 super chat out, from, from Tony <laughs> Copeland. Hey, Drake is out. He's going to have to get a second drink next time for this, but Tony really, really appreciate it, buddy. And Tony says, yeah. Finally, thoughts and prayers for Mr. Ursay for a full and speedy recovery. Yes, Mr. Ursay was announced this week that he is dealing. He's being treated for uh, a respiratory illness, and, and he's been asking for, uh, for for privacy during this time. So you hope Jim Ursay is okay. He's, uh, from what Chris Ballard said today, uh, all that he would dive into it was that Ursay is stable. Uh, so, but he's getting really good care, and and you hope that 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 Jim Ursay can can come through this and and be back there to be his his normal self. Because man, I don't. There's not a bigger. Uh, there's not an owner in the NFL with a bigger heart than Jim Ursay, and there's a, I don't think there's a bigger character uh, in the NFL than Jim Ursay at times. Yeah, and look, Jim Merce has been through worse than this, man. He's going to get through it. He's a maverick. He's a tough guy. And uh, I fully expect uh, Jimmy from the Colts to return 100% to health and, and be just as excited as anybody else is for the 2024 season. Exactly. So, Tony, thanks again for your support, brother. Really appreciate it. And, and thanks for tuning in live. We hope you can make it to more live episodes. But, but Drake it's 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 now getting into that point in the offseason we've heard from the quarterback we've heard from the gm and again as my third time mentioning it but i think it's just be optimistic colts fans be excited about what's to come uh it just seems like there's a different aura around this around this building and then i think this, this with the combination of ballard and steichen uh at the top they're really locked in and and want to get this thing right and 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 go out and compete for championships year in and year out yeah, and they overshot their expectations being injury riddled and being young. And I, I think I fully expect them to overshoot their second year expectations for uh, that, that everyone had when Steichen was originally hired. Everyone had when Richardson was drafted. Just like Andrew said, be excited, Colts fans. There's a lot of reasons to be and there's a lot of reasons to pack LOS next season. Well said. And that's our show for tonight, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in and all of the support. I think it helped that it turned into a game of trying to make uh, uh, Drake finish his drink tonight, <laughs> his very strong drink. So shout out to all of our super chats. Patrick Truitt. Patrick again. Stats Matt. Patrick a third time. My beautiful wife, Danielle. We're going to owe Patrick a W9. Patrick a fourth time. Stats Matt a second <laughs> time. Patrick a fifth time. Uh, Carriage House and then Tony twice. And, and here we go again with the sixth of the night i feel cheated drake didn't come more prepared with his sixth super chat i didn't expect all this love man. patrick you're an absolute menace brother an absolute menace we appreciate it all uh seriously we really do guys and and for everyone else that, that joined us tonight in the chat and 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 broke down the the anthony richardson and chris ballard press conferences was a really fun episode if you haven't done so please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live every monday and thursday night and for special episodes because since it is the off season breaking news can happen at any happen. point so so make sure you tune in and if but if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spot Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so you never miss an episode from YouTube. And you can also catch up uh, on some Horseshoe Huddle halftime episodes, our midweek audio-only episodes. But it also helps reach other Colts fans just like you. So Drake and I have been writing away heavily uh, on HorseshoeHuddle.com because even though it's the off-season, uh, it seems like it, we get a little bit busier this time of year. So so Drake, go tell the people what, that you put up on the site that they can go check out. I did a couple of uh, uh, menial roster moves, but I did a, a piece on Josh Downs being in Hall of Fame company. The Colts announced their 2024 opponents, not the schedule, but the opponents. And I also did my uh, Colts top three rookies from the 2023 season without Anthony Richardson, just because he only played four games. <laughs> yeah, go check those out. For me, I did a piece on Zaire Franklin, uh, kind of what his thoughts were on on the offseason, or on the season, excuse me, and, and really what came out from that, 
a hunger and fire in within uh sire franklin is at an all-time high so uh, he was very honest about himself in this season make sure you check that out and then i gave my thoughts about anthony richardson's press conference in writing form uh really a big one diving in a little bit deeper on on some of the quotes and, and what anthony richardson really had to go through uh throughout this season so make sure to check those two out and then I'll also have my top five takeaways from Chris Ballard's press conference as I do every year. So you'll want to check out those pieces and everything else on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with you all because it's sure to be another wild off season. So everyone enjoy your weekend and we'll see you right back here Monday night.